0: hello, hello, all of my beautiful freaking people. Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. I am really excited to share today's episode with you. A dear friend of mine, Ashlyn Yenny, is here to talk to us about her journey of motherhood and her beautiful daughter, Viv. So sit back, grab a drink, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe us, yet? Hey, this hey. is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. I'm not in chapter six. He did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh no, she didn't. Normally, I get on here and kind of give you a little bit of a tease as to what we're going to get into today, but Ashlyn's story is so beautiful, and this interview is so raw and so honest about her journey with her daughter's diagnosis. I really want it to come from her, so without further ado, let's get into the interview. Ashlyn Yanni, welcome to FML Top. Thanks, thanks. I'm so happy to be
1: here. This, this is really nice.
0: special for me because you and I, oh God, I mean, how long has it been? eight nine years no no longer? no it's been
1: 10 no 11 it's 2022 right yeah
0: i know like what year are we even in so
1: i think we met in 2011
0: it's been a long fucking time that you've yeah. been in my life
1: yeah um
0: yeah you i i look up to you in a lot of different ways you are such a beautiful mom and an incredible actress you've done movies with my mom i did we haven't fucking worked together <laughs> yet which is bullshit but <laughs>
1: I know your mom, uh, she killed me in a movie. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> um she's such a pro too. She walked up to me and she was like, just so you know, I'm I'm not going to hurt you cuz I couldn't see what was doing what she was doing and I was like I completely have faith in you. you and full trust faith you. in D Wallace to like, murder me right now. I was now. like if anyone's going to murder me, please. And also if you do hit me, it's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're like hurt me, D. It's fine. It'll like, be a good fine. story.
0: Yeah. Um so you come from a kind of horror background.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: In the famous "The Human Centipede," yes, I remember when I first met you in class, and we—I I don't know how I found out that you were a part of that movie, but I think you had told me that you I t- did cons with my mom. I,
1: yeah, that's what it was because we were in class, and you know, Gabrielle is an amazing actress, and she's—we were. This was like so long ago too, and you so were so—we were so young, and yeah. I was just like, how has she got so much? depth <laughs> it was so intense. like and i remember our teacher even i all of us were like how is she so deep at 20 you know or whatever age we yeah were. and um and then you had said something like in passing to the teacher you were like yeah my mom is d wallace and i my ears perked up because i had just done a convention my first convention ever right and i had met your mom in the lobby of the hotel mind you, I was a fan. So oh. I was obviously like, I was like, oh my God, hi. And then she was like, are you here to like sign? And I was like, this is my first time. Your mom probably will never remember this, but she was so wonderful. That's also where I met Serena Vincent. Yeah. And um, your mom was so wonderful. And she was just like, oh yeah, this is how it works. Da da da, da Took da, you under da. her wing. And so in class, I was like, I walked up to you and I was like, I met, I know your mom. And you were like, yeah, everyone knows my mom. And I was like, no, no, no. I like I met your mom at a convention, and then you were like, wait, what are you? What from what? And I was like, the Human Centipede, and you were like, oh my god, yeah that was like a very talked about, not watched movie. Yes, but I had
0: never seen it, yeah. but I had heard about it. Yeah. So I, li- I don't even know if I've told you this. I went home probably that weekend and watched it <laughs> oh with. I think it was probably my ex husband at the time. Yeah. I don't know if we were married yet. Um and. He was like, wait, why are we watching such a horrific <laughs> film? And I'm like, because you see the girl that's playing the ass right now?
1: That's I my friend her. from class. <laughs> I know her. Um,
0: such a disturbing film. Although yeah. if you're into horror, I do highly recommend it.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I'm not a horror f- fan myself. Yeah. Like I like some movies, but I get super scared really easily. It's not like go to, you know, yeah. like on a Friday night, let's watch a horror film. It's right. just It's just where I ended up starting out. Yeah
0: i i I love it it. um okay but that's not what we're here to talk about today obviously no so take me from your horror on screen to your quite traumatic birth that you had when you were yeah getting ready to deliver your daughter
1: so i um this is many years later you know i'm human centipede was like 2008 i think i filmed that film anyways i had my daughter in 2018 and um you know, to be quite honest, like I've been with my husband now, but I've been—we've been together for 13 years. Mm-hmm. We were broken up <laughs> at the time. This is why I tell people just be very careful. I, I remember
0: <laughs> when I found out you were pregnant, and I was like, "With who?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Whose baby?" I was
0: like, I, "I thought you guys were broken up. <laughs> I thought you guys were broken
1: up." So we had broken up, and. um, I had booked a job or something, which that's always the worst, you know, when when you're on the high. And I've known him for so long. He's my best friend, you know, but sometimes you need a break. Sometimes that just happens. But this time we were broken up. It was not going to, this was like, we were going to go our separate ways. And um, we ended up having sex and remember this guys i was with him for like 10 years at that point and yeah. never had a scare never not, not that's scary but never right had a, you know like any sort of like maybe i'm pregnant never right. ever ever and we had sex once and i got pregnant
0: that's all it takes so
1: it's it's and it's only because i ovulated early mm. you know we backtracked it because he was just as shocked as i was so we had sex once no Nothing like we're going to work this out. We're going to do that. Nothing. It was just like, okay, that was fun. Moving on. Right. And then about six weeks later, I was on set of a movie. And I was like, I'm really tired. <laughs> I'm like overly tired. And I felt weird and all these things. And then suddenly I started like piecing it together. And I was like, wait a second. I don't, when's the last time I had my period? What's going on? And then I realized, I think I'm pregnant. Oh my God. I tell him, he's like, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. There, Find out I'm there was a way. There was a way. Find out I'm <laughs> pregnant, and then um, at that point, I was—I think I was like 33—and I was like, you know, if I'm ever going to have a baby, I'm going to have a baby with him. Mm-hmm. And I knew that. You right. Know? Um, we have our own issues, but I was like, he's an amazing father. He's an amazing person, and he comes from—I love his family so much. I'm so close with his mom and his sister, and you know, I was like you know, I'm just, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to be a mom. If this is what the universe wants for me, I'm so ready for this journey. Mm. And I felt pretty prepared for it. I was like, I'm, yeah, like, let's do this. So then I chose because I'm somewhat of a hippie when it comes to, you know, Western medicine and Eastern medicine. I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to do a natural birth.
0: It <laughs> like makes my body hurt just hearing that. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: I was, I don't know why, I'd, I don't know why I did it, but, um, so I decided to do a completely natural birth at a birthing center in Beverly Hills, which is across the street from Cedars. So if there was any complications, right. they could rush me right over because birthing a baby is very gross and traumatic and it's very hard. And yeah, it, A lot of complications can happen. I was very lucky. Um, I did a bunch of like, <laughs> again, I'm a hippie. I did a bunch <laughs> of like Reiki healing sessions when Vivian was inside of me. Yeah, You know, and I was like be gentle on me like <laughs> prompting her like just come out really quickly type thing Because right. mommy's not gonna have anything and i did something called a hypnobirthing class and um your partner has to do it with you as well if if you have a partner and it, basically it's like how you go into like a hypnotic state to like birth your baby that shit does not work i'm sorry it doesn't <laughs> i did it and i was like and while i was in labor um Michael <laughs> leans forward and there's like there's like prompting words to like help relax you. Right. And he leans forward and goes, lavender. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm dead And I go, Shh, shut, shut the fuck up. up. <laughs> like as I'm in the contraction, I'm like, shh <laughs> like lavender doesn't mean anything right now, you know? And um so it was uh She came out in five hours, which is a super fast birth, especially a first time birth. Oh my God. That's fast. Super fast. Super, super fast. (sighs) And, um, it was, uh, it was really intense and it was really, uh, honestly really traumatic. And, um, I had her, she was beautiful, healthy, gorgeous. I mean, she does, she did have a condition called torticollis, which she ended up having surgery for because hers was so severe. Um, but as far as like, that was a. That's like a muscular thing, right? As far as her, anything else, she's super healthy. Came out, you know, eight pounds, pink, gorgeous, wonderful. And what is it? What what
0: kind of space were you in delivering? Like, where I was
1: in water. Okay, right. I, <laughs> I felt like
0: I remembered that detail. Like in a like Bath a kiddie tub.
1: pool. No, it was at, so the birthing center that I chose to have it at. They had these gorgeous rooms with, you know, um, a birthing tub. So it was like a big, huge, like whirlpool french style you know tub with like four posts around you and twinkle lights and i had candles burning oh my god (laughs) like there's candles and you know i had my midwife and then her two assistants and um you know you have like a cheerleading team with you and then i labored so then there's like a king size bed that i like labored on so it's very non-traditional as far as like the way that you would do it in a hospital you can birth any way you choose Uh uh-huh Um, so at one point I had gotten in the water and, um, she was like, and I, this is like so funny. People are gonna laugh when they hear this, but, um, she was like, are you ready to push? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's like do this. And then I, I was like, you know, laying like you would normally sit in a bathtub, right? And it was so uncomfortable for me, just like in my back. And it was just not how I was like, this is not how she's coming out. Yeah. So I ended up actually getting on my knees uh-huh. and birthing her basically. In the bathtub? Yeah. On bas- your knees in the bath. Okay. Basically birthing her very tribal. Like, right. <laughs> you know, like like...
0: Shitting out a baby, kind of mm-hmm. on all fours, almost, <laughs> yeah,
1: basically, very almost human centipede. Said. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I was like on all fours because it felt more natural that way than the other the the way she was. It wasn't working right. for me, and um, so basically, I just like flipped around. I got, I like put my head down, and I was like basically on all fours. And um, this is the worst part of it is so when Vivian started to like crown, like. Where you could like see her head i was actually on the bed at that point and i hadn't gotten in the water yet and um michael was right there like i mean he's seen it all yeah <laughs> he was like oh my god <laughs> i see her i see. and then that's when his face changed because suddenly he went from being michael you know this my significant other to he's a fucking dad right and that's when i know i saw this super huge change over his face. Because uh, I was like, oh shit, he's a dad. Oh shit, I'm becoming a mom. Right. This is when it's happening. This is happening. Oh my God. And I, very vivid memory of that. And then my midwife was like, do you want to get in the water now? And I was like, sure. So then I stand up and I get in the water and I can feel Vivian's head like right there. Oh my God. Yeah, it's like, and again, I didn't have any drugs. I didn't have an Advil. I didn't have a Tylenol. I had nothing. Fuck like I that, feel dude. all of it. Yeah. <sighs> I highly suggest getting the drugs <laughs> to anyone. I mean, if you want to do a natural birth and you're like this is how I want to do it, absolutely 100% do it and know that you can. Right. But also it's, also get an epidural. it's okay to get an epidural. <laughs> it's okay to and as a woman who has birthed a child naturally, it's totally okay to not be the hero and right. just cuz you're going to be a hero anyways, like yeah. any way you birth your baby. If it's a C-section, if it's natural, if it's with drugs, however you get that baby out, that's the most important thing when you've cooked this baby for nine months, yes, like you've done an amazing job. Yeah, like just pregnancy in itself is just ugh. Yeah, so, I don't like being pregnant. <laughs> you know, I'll be honest with you. Some women love it. Yeah. I liked it till about twenty-five weeks, and then after that, I was like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> it's you're over the cute stage. Yeah, you're like I'm now giant, and I feel gross, and everything is changing, and it's it's bizarre what your body goes through. Yeah. But um, so yeah. So then I went back in uh. So then I got in the water, and then this is the craziest part, is when I got in the water, Vivian, on one contraction, I could feel her coming out, and I was so excited, and I was pushing, 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 and then the contraction stopped, and then my body basically sucked her back up. (gasps) Uh, So it's like all the work I did.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. Everything
1: I did to get her out was gone, and I had like a mental like a mini breakdown inside my head yeah i was very silent through my birth as well which was kind of shocking to me right. i was just very like yeah mm, internal and just like i gotta do this yeah you know and um so on my next contraction my midwife said to me don't do it ashlyn don't do it because she knew what i was gonna do and that was i was just gonna keep pushing through the contraction so mm-hmm. what you do is you push when you have a contraction right i didn't stop so the next contraction hit and I pushed and I didn't stop pushing until Vivian was out. Ugh. So basically I got her out in one contraction. I mean her whole body right. out in one contraction, which is really not good to do because then you tear. Uh, so I tore. Yeah in like four places. Oh god. <laughs> I guess, so it's like really encouraging me to have a child. I'm like, "Yay!" But then if you cuz you don't feel anything. It doesn't matter. They stitch you up. You're totally fine. You're almost better than new cuz they stitch you up so <laughs> well. <laughs> you're just like, "Wow, I'm 20 again. <laughs> this is great." Um
0: Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is Factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from Factor.
1: But yes, I got her out in one contraction and I pulled her up. I looked at her and then I just kissed her and she was bloody and gross. And I have in the pictures, I'm all, it's gross. Like I have all this (laughs) gross stuff on my face and I'm just looking at this baby like, oh my God, I did it. Wow. I made you. Yeah. This is so cool. And now I'm a mom.
0: Yeah. And my whole life is different.
1: And what the fuck do I do? Right. (laughs) Also, because I chose to have her at a birthing center, um, there's no bells and whistles with the birthing center. I had her at 3.05 a.m. at 6.30 a.m. I was at home on my couch. Wow. That was terrifying. Yeah. I had no, and I don't live around family. Right. None of my girlfriends have children. Um, My sisters do, but I, there was like literally no one i michael and i chose that we were like we yeah. just want to have like a wonderful 30 days just with vivian by ourselves without anyone visiting just like mushy you know right. baby time no you need help yeah like a hundred percent like if you're a new mom you need that help you need that time because you're you've just done something so extraordinary with your body yeah you need a rest, and that's why the hospitals are fantastic because right. they give you that time yeah. and they give you that uh, ability to rest. But if you don't have that and you want to do the birthing center, just be really prepared for what the after is like. Because right. I wasn't, right? And, um, you know, and and then I it was like, <laughs> like, like two days. Vivian was like two days old, and uh, and I realized Michael had no idea how to be around a baby. <laughs> like it was just like like he had no clue how to be like how to be a dad right. how to hold a baby yeah. he was terrified he was like she was like a china doll to him which yeah. they are but at the same time i was like just swaddle her and then just like you know hold her and he's like oh my god i don't know what i'm doing and i was like now he's fantastic but at right. the beginning and if we were we're never gonna have another kid but if i were to have another kid we would know exactly what to do you know and they always say the second yeah, you, yeah, like yeah. whatever but your first you're terrified and you're just now a mom and it's scary yeah it's really scary
0: yeah So when was it that you started to notice Vivian not developing the way that she should have been on
1: track with her age? It was Michael who actually noticed it first because in all honesty, I was super in denial about it. Mm. Um, She was around 10 months old and he, he said something to me where he was like, you know, she has some signs of autism. And I was like, what? No, she doesn't. Like, are you? what are you talking about? Like, you don't know what you're talking about kind of thing. And I kind of poo-pooed him and Mm -hmm. dismissed him. And um, so did our pediatrician, Mm. Um, which Michael hates. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And um, and he was right. He was absolutely 100% right. What were
0: the signs that he was noticing?
1: So around 10 months old, she started walking. And that's when he noticed she was, like, walking over to the wall. And she was, like, hitting her head against the wall, Mm. which was, like, super... And then when she got better at walking, she started to spin in circles Mm -hmm. and for like a really long time. Mm. And then, um, she would, uh, stim, which there's different forms of stimming. And for Vivian, she likes bouncing. And then when she, um, gets overwhelmed, she does do the hand flapping. Yeah. Can you explain what stim is? So stimming is, um, when you, so an autistic person has, um, a bunch of feelings inside or they need to get energy out they do something called stimming and it's not bad it's actually so wonderful that they do that and you should never stop someone from stimming mm-hmm. and that is something that has we've learned because what has happened is when kids were you know in the '70s, '60s, '70s, '80s, even they were telling kids like, "Stop doing that! Stop bouncing up and down! Stop right. spinning in circles! You know, sit down at your desk and just do your work." Well, it's actually really good for a child to stim and for a person to stim because some people, you know, as they grow into an adult, they still need some sort of stimming, mm-hmm. and it's a way for them to get out excess energy or frustration or whatever it is that they need to do. Yeah, and then they can go back to concentrating on what they're working on. Right. So for Viv, she's now in preschool, she'll just need to get up from the table if she's doing a activity, and she needs to go, you know, bounce up and down on a chair. Like, I mean, she bounces, like we call her Tigger. She just bounces up and down on a chair, bounces, 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 and then she'll go back. And she knows exactly where she left off. Right. She's super, super smart. But, you know, w- before we knew of the au- – before we got her autism diagnosis and before we even started, you know, um, early intervention for her – we kept telling her, "Stop bouncing, stop doing that," because we didn't know, right? And it's really damaging to do that to an autistic person because you just it's not healthy for them. They yeah. need to do that, right So um those were the first things that Michael noticed um, was the spinning, the hand flapping, the bouncing, the hitting her head on the wall. and you went
0: to a pediatrician and they were like, "No, she's fine.
1: Yeah, our pediatrician, yeah which is normal. I should say this. It's totally normal for a pediatrician because what they do is they do something called the wait and see. So they want to wait till a child is around 3 years old before they start labeling anything, mm-hmm. which I get, but it's actually really beneficial if you learn it earlier. The earlier you learn yeah. and the earlier you see the signs and that's why the CDC has actually changed the milestones for children Mm. so the milestones for children used to be like okay well they have to crawl at six months they have to walk at 10 and they have to be like you know holding a cup at you know 15 months and drinking on their own and eating with a fork and doing all these things well now we're learning that one size doesn't fit all yeah and that's just how but we've as a society we like to put people into a box keep them there Mm -hmm. and make them conform yeah to what it is that we need in our society. And what we're learning is, hey, that's actually not healthy because that's really damaging. And we get adults who have, you know, who have trauma when they're really small of not being heard or being frustrated. And, you know, having to, you know, um, a big thing for autistic um, people, and Vivian has this, is eye contact she avoids it mm. and she's not she's getting much much better about it but um she used to never make eye contact never mm. and it was really it's really heartbreaking as yeah. a mom because you can't connect with your child you know like trying to see and like talk to her and um and what they used to do is like forced eye contact so a child would grow up being forced to make eye contact and so then they overly Mm -hmm. have you ever met somebody who's like overly eye contact yeah you know it's like overly intense probably they were forced to make eye contact and it's actually very uncomfortable for them yeah and that's not okay that we've like forced them to be this way and um there's also something called masking Mm -hmm. which is where you mask your uh whatever's going on and you kind of um mirror whatever someone else is doing yeah so you'll mirror like oh that person's laughing i'll laugh too right even though you're really not wanting to laugh right so it's really fascinating being the mom to an autistic child because i just one didn't know anything about autism yeah prior to her i knew a little bit about it um i have you know i have a nephew who is on the spectrum but he's on the spectrum in a very different way than vivian he's you know uh He talked, you know, my my daughter's completely nonverbal. So, and it's nonverbal, non-speaking, you can choose your term. Um, She says one word, she says mama, that's it. And then she just communicates in different ways. And Mm -hmm. it's really, it's really, really crazy, you know, being um, a witness to all of this and also raising her.
0: Yeah, what was it like when you guys got the official diagnosis?
1: Oh, for me, it was, and I, I don't like to say this, but it was devastating. Yeah. No, um, that's honest. It's honest because sometimes you don't want to feel like you're like, you know, making it sound like, oh my God, being autistic is, it's devastating because, but it's, it was devastating in the fact that I, because I didn't want to believe it. I was like, oh, she might just have delays or she might just be delayed and, you know, um speech and she might just be delayed in, you know social communication or whatever it was but at two years old we had started her in early intervention so again we went to our pediatrician at a year old we went to him at 15 months old 18 months old and then at two years he was like okay well you guys should start looking into doing some early um intervention what does that mean it means you put your kid in a lot of therapy mm, okay. <laughs> and again i have so much to say about that because there's it's like less is more. Yeah, That motto is so true for so many things. It's true in our business and acting. It's like less is more, yeah. less is more. And um, what you'll, so after, you know, our pediatrician was like, you guys should start looking into that. We had her assessed by a speech pathologist, an OT therapist, a physical therapist. And they all agreed to that. She needed to start X, Y, and a child development therapist. They agreed she needed to have all of these different therapies. So from two to three, vivian was in a lot of therapy mm. and um it's all play-based sometimes right. uh, but again it's like is there something called a preferred activity and a non-preferred activity we grew up doing non-preferred activities right do we uh, do we love cleaning the toilet no that's a non-preferred right. activity but do we love doing laundry some people love doing laundry it makes yeah. it's fun so it's a Preferred activity. So things like that. And so basically, teaching kids how to do non preferred activities and sit and do them. Mm. And when they're that young, like she's a baby still, she's yeah. two years old. But I had her in a lot of therapy, and I actually had to fire a couple of different therapists at the time because I didn't like how they were interacting with her. I thought they were too strict. Um, she doesn't need you know she needs positive reinforcement not negative reinforcement sure. and some of the therapists were a little bit more old school and i just was like no nah, not gonna have it and that's when you as a mom have to advocate for your kids yeah. so much and um but so for a full year we did that and then um again she was in speech therapy for a full year and we didn't see any progress there is something also that going back to Uh, signs that she was autistic was um, when she was about a year old, most kids at that age start repeating words. And they're always, that's like the saying, like, be careful what you say around your kid because you're going to repeat it. You know, Um, Vivian never repeated words. So it's something called iconic control, Mm -hmm. which is most children you can say, you know, flower and they'll go flower or try to say the word. Right. Vivian never did that. She still doesn't do it. It's 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 wild. Yeah. Like cuz I've been around enough children, you know, I've I have nieces and nephews and I've been uh, you know babysat all my all, all through my high school years. Been on, around enough kids where I was like that's weird that she doesn't repeat ever. Mm. Like she doesn't even open her mouth. She doesn't right. even try yeah. to say anything.
0: And so when did you find out that she was nonverbal?
1: So then um well, that was just like a given when she was like two and we started speech therapy. And then the speech therapists, you know, we're hopeful that she will speak mm-hmm. at some point. I was going to say, because
0: that doesn't mean that
1: it doesn't mean she'll never talk. Right. It doesn't mean she'll never talk. Right. Um, it just means that right now it's really, really hard.
0: Yeah. My mom tells this story all the time. She was at a convention and this mom came up to her like in tears Um And she was like, I took my 11-year-old autistic son to go see E.T. in the theater, and on the way home, he started repeating all of E.T.'s lines, and it was the first time we've ever heard him speak.
1: I'm going to cry. Yeah. She cries
0: every time she tells it.
1: (laughs) I mean, I'm going to cry because that's exactly like my uh, my landlord. Yeah. Her uh, grandson, he's awesome he's 18 he just graduated high school with like honors but he's autistic he didn't talk till he was four Mm. and um they were walking through a parking lot and he was walking by the uh you know cars and suddenly he was like two seven one six four three and just reading off the numbers and she and the whole family was there and was like everyone burst into tears because one Now you know how much they know. Yeah. Right. Suddenly they're like, he knows his numbers. Right. We had no idea. Wow. Oh my God. And so, you know, Michael and I are kind of waiting for that day. Yeah. You know, we're really hopeful for it. Um, There's something called apraxia, which is where the actual muscle doesn't work to speak. But Mm. Vivian's had one off words where she can. we were at the dentist and they gave her a ball and she goes, ball? And Mm. I'm like, yep, that's a ball. (laughs) So I'm like, I've heard her talk before and like Michael came in the door the other day and she was like, hi. You know, and then she said bye. She says no all the time at school. But again, these are called uh, pop-out words where it's not all the time and it's just more like when she feels like doing it, it's not that it's something she consistently says. Yeah. Mama is the only word she consistently says. Mm. And, um, So yeah, so going back to doing the therapy, we did that for a full year, all this different, you know, we did ABA, we did child development, we did speech, and we did OT. OT is for sensory, Mm -hmm. because most kiddos who are on the spectrum have um, sensory processing disorder, not all of them, but again, because it's a spectrum, right? So it's like snowflakes, it's like people, we're all different, we're all different. We all have different likes dislikes and we all process things differently and um so uh we went through all that and then around uh, right before her third birthday um and this is also where it's really hard in the u.s because some parents have to wait a really long time to get even an appointment with a child psychologist Mm. and it's very expensive if your insurance doesn't cover it or we're lucky we live in the state of california and they offer so much to parents and autistic kiddos, but there are states that don't offer right. a lot. And I, it's, it's something that definitely has to change because for instance, we were getting ready to move to Georgia. Because I was working a lot in Atlanta. And I was like, maybe this is where I could actually raise her. And, mm-hmm. But this is before we got the autism diagnosis. Georgia is one of the worst states for autistic kiddos. Mm. I shouldn't say worst states. It's just not as good as California right. is. It's, New Jersey is also a very good state. Colorado is a very good state. But Maryland is a great state. There's like the top 10. And Georgia is not even on the top like 20, I believe. And right. it was, those were decisions we had to make. So we're like, okay, we have to stay here now. Okay, that's gonna be a lot harder. Right. <laughs> because we could have probably a better life there yeah. for her instead of being out here. And, you know, it's very expensive, as we know, to live here in California and yeah. you purchase a house and do all the things that you wanna do, especially for your child. What does it look like for the therapies that
0: Viv has if insurance wasn't covering it?
1: Very expensive. Um, ABA therapy can range um, upwards of $300 an hour. Mm. Yeah. $300 an hour. They will say your child needs 40 hours a week. Right. Like a full-time job. Yeah. And so how does someone afford something like that? You don't. Yeah. You don't. And, um, it's really, it's, it's devastating for some families when they get an autism diagnosis. And I've talked, I know people who live in other States who don't have the help that I'm so fortunate to have, yeah. you know, just based on where I live, you know, because I live in, you know, California. And so, um, and again, when I got her, uh, her diagnosis, we got, so the way that the diagnosis works is, um, it was about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes, basically a, you know, assessment of Vivian. So she goes in a room with a child psychologist. I'm there as well. Um and she's given a series of tests which they're all play-based but she's trying to connect with her she's trying to see if she'll use any verbal cues Mm -hmm. if she'll do anything socially that's kind of different or how she plays how she interacts with her how she um does there's a whole puzzle right you know series tests that vivian had to be put through and um it was during COVID that we had, it d- again, everything's during COVID now, but <laughs> I feel like it's just like, and uh, so I could be the only one in the room mm-hmm. and um, Michael was out in the car and, uh, and it was just really intense. Like it was a very small room that we were in and the woman who was doing it had just, you know, kind of her bedside manner was, you know, a doctor who was not so caring Mm-hmm in regards to how she was interacting with us and she was just kind of like by the book this is what i'm doing da da da. and then she just started saying stuff that like oh that's interesting she does that and, i mean she's typing so many notes mm-hmm. on your kid and i mean i've already had the assessment done earlier by all of the therapists right so i had all of this knowledge of like all the things vivian couldn't do
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's a laundry list of shit you know yeah but she's like so delayed in all these areas and then this child psychologist is now doing this again, so I'm like frayed as a mom. Yeah, because it's you don't want your kid to su- to you know you don't want them to suffer you don't want them to be delayed you want them to run and play and skip and jump with all the other kids and just yeah. you know that's it like but uh, so we get done with this you know assessment and, <laughs> and the woman looks at me and she was like well she's definitely autistic. <laughs> and i i i just was like "Uh, uh, okay like i didn't i didn't know how to process like it was just so just i was like no there was just no like i just felt really just like the band-aid was ripped off yeah and then i was like okay and she starts handing me all these pamphlets like she's like you should look into this aba therapist you should look at this you should look at this and i was like Okay, and it was just very over, like all this overwhelming, like just I'm standing there with pamphlets. It's like if someone were to get a diagnosis for something, and yeah. they're just given pamphlets, like you have cancer. Here's pamphlets, right? You know, it's right. just it's like you're getting this news, and it's devastating, and it's sometimes, you know, people in in the medical profession can be a little bit cold, yeah, and they don't mean to be. It's just because it's their job, and right. they're just you know, this is what she does all day. Is she di- she assesses kids and diagnoses them, yeah, and um so I get back to the car I put Vivian in the car and I was driving so I sit down in the driver's seat and Vivian's in the back seat Vivian was also over it she was done with the assessment Mm -hmm. after like 45 minutes because again she's like three yeah I'm sorry any three-year-old's gonna be like I'm done with this shit like we're done yeah so she was in the back seat and she's like eating a snack and then she's totally happy to be in the car and Michael looks at me, he's like, how'd it go? And I burst into tears and I like couldn't even get the words out. And I was like, she is, she is. And he was like, I told you. Oh. <laughs> so, and he was more like, for him, it was like a, yep, that's right. I kept telling everybody, finally, people right. are listening to me. And so we had two very different... Um, reactions Mm. and that set a course for michael and i on the next year of our life and how we're navigating being autistic parents right and now knowing and for him it was more of like an I now feel this too. It's when you do, the light bulb goes on suddenly you're like, oh, that's why she does that.
0: Right. Oh, that's why. Yeah. And you can understand more and start to get more insight as to why things are happening.
1: Yes. But at the time, at that moment, I was not that way. I was absolutely, you know, devastated. And I was like, I just didn't think that she was. I just, I, now, now I have to, learn everything about autism, yeah. which is also just a very common trap that you fall into as a newly diagnosed. You know, when you get a new new diagnosis is you want to know like, what caused it? Right. Nothing caused it. That's just how they are. Mm-hmm. Nothing. There's no cure. There's it's not a disease. Right. You know, it's not something like, oh, my child had autism and doesn't have no more. Doesn't it no, Doesn't yeah. work like that. Uh, nothing caused it. It wasn't because of, you know, because I had a natural birth. It wasn't because she doesn't have enough vitamins or she doesn't eat this food. It's like, no, it's just, this is what, it's it's genetic. Mm-hmm. There's something dormant, lying dormant in my genes and Michael's genes that connected. And we have a child who has autism mm-hmm. or is autistic. That's the right word for it. So it, then the next, you know, from, so after that, then she had to go and get an assessment by the school district because now she's three, she can't go into a typical classroom. So she can't go into a regular preschool. Right. So again, because it's California, they have a ton of things that they offer. And so the school district here offers a um, preschool program for kiddos um, from three to five. And it's a very small classroom. It's about 12 kids. And you if you want to, you can put your child in that program. And so then I had to take Vivian, now knowing that she does have this autism diagnosis, she has to go and get another assessment by a group of three people, Mm -hmm. a speech pathologist, uh, there was like an OT therapist, and then someone else in the room. And they all assessed her at the same time, and it was really overwhelming for her. And again, they said it was gonna be an hour, it was like two hours long. And they started giving just all, th- all, all three of these these adults were just putting stuff in front of her and making her do. And then Vivian, just, I love my girl so much. She's a Scorpio. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> she goes, all done. Oh my God. Like clear as a bell. Mm. And they all looked at me and they were like, well, she's done. And I was like, yep. And then she wow. went and sat in this spinny chair and just sat there and went back and forth and just stared at them like don't oh, you make me do anything else God. and i was like ooh this girl's fire man yeah. and i was like yep she's done and um <laughs> moving forward and so then after that it was like a whirlwind you know then i put her into her preschool program and then she has to again never having been in a classroom setting never having been around really other kids right. because again she's that, that she's a covid baby where she's um where she's a COVID kids are the kids that are at that age where developmentally they didn't get the social that they should have had. Right. It's really affected our little ones. Yeah. I have a niece who's uh, six or, yeah, she's six. And she (laughs) was like, hated her year off because it was such an important year for her. And, um, When she did go into kindergarten she was like yes because she's such a social butterfly she didn't understand like why can't i go see my friends right like our kids it's affected adults very horribly but it's also affected our kids a lot but for someone like vivian it's affected her even more because she's now just like this is how the world works i'm alone and i have these two people at all times (sighs) yeah and that's not how it works right you know how did
0: the diagnosis affect you and michael as a couple
1: um it it's been so challenging and uh it, it to be completely honest it's been really really hard um we have never fought more um and it's not because we're like it's so funny it's like it's not even that we're mad at each other, we're not mad at anything we're not mad that she's autistic, we're not mad we're just it's like we're just navigating this new world where we just did not know this was going to be our life. right? And we just, um, and this is something we have had to learn how to, you know, couple her together, but also remember, and I, I think of you often because I had to, you know, do my self-love cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> like it was a really big part of, you know, how I was going to, mentally be okay. Because anytime you have a kid, you want everything for that kid. You want to, you, it, Your life becomes everything about that kid. If it's typical or neurodivergent, like you want everything to be perfect for your child and your relationship can suffer in any yeah. parent, you know, uh, child relationship. But then when you get the diagnosis with autism, suddenly it became like, We need to research everything. We need to figure out like what supplement do we need to get? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? What are we going to do? And you become, so all of a sudden, Michael and I were one ship, you know, going forward. And then we became two. Mm. And I would excel in certain areas. And then I would be like, oh, you need to catch up to me. I'm reading so much about this and you're not doing enough and you're not doing enough. And and then we started to separate Mm -hmm. and he started and then we've had to have changes in our life like you know we were both actors and then because i needed to stop working which i've taken a break Mm -hmm. and just be at home with her he's now had to take a position working full-time a full-time regular job right it's in an industry he absolutely loves but that's something he didn't think was going to happen yeah so it's mourning the loss and there's grief that comes along with it and it's mourning the loss of the life you thought you were gonna have Mm mm-hmm I thought I was going to take my daughter to auditions with me. Right. I mean, she has, like, she did a commercial when she was four months old with me. I thought she was a Coogan account. I was like, I have all yeah. this crap set up for her. I thought, oh, we're going to do, like, mommy-daughter auditions. Like, it's going to be fabulous, you right, know, all right. this stuff. Nothing is what I thought it was going to be. And for Michael and I, it's it's like we've had to just really, really have grace with each other mm-hmm. because the way he processes is way different than how I process. Yeah, And the way he deals with his, you know, g- the grief in the morning is he likes to control. He wants to, because con- it's out of your control. Right. And I've had, I'm a little less controlling, but I've had to learn acceptance. Mm. And that's my biggest takeaway from all of this is just acceptance and... These are the cards like I'm working with right now and I have so much hope for her and I'm going to do everything I can to, you know, give her the best chance, you know. Um, And that's why I've taken this time off is just to be 100% present with her because she's so small right now and they're little sponges and I want her to, you know, be 10 years old and I want her to speak. I want her to be able to go to the bathroom on her own. Yeah. I want her to be able to go in the kitchen and make herself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich if she wants it. I want her to be able to do all these things, these life skills that you wouldn't have to think about having a typical child. But Mm -hmm. those are things I think about.
0: Yeah.
1: Constantly. Right. And safety because she's an eloper. She runs and she won't look back. She'll just bolt. Yeah. And it's 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 terrifying. She's done it at school. They've lost her. <laughs> oh my god! And it's terrifying. I get yeah. calls and they're like, Vivian escaped again. And I'm like, oh, oh my, god. my God. And again, you're putting your child in the care of people who are, you know, trained, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, your child better than anyone. And I'm yeah. like, yes, she escapes. You have to make sure like everything's locked. Everything's this. Yeah. And so it's such a, it's just, it's just a wild ride that we're on. And, you know, Michael and I are at a place right now where we're good and it wasn't good yeah um it wasn't good and it's not because, and we would never like it's not because of vivian it's just how we've processed the information and how we've both dealt with it and it's like you know how they say when you you hurt people the closest to you because they're just yeah because you you can take it out on them and they'll take it and they'll take it yeah That's just not fair. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) We've both been, you know, guilty of that because we're saddened by, you know, the reality of sometimes like what is happening or when we see Vivian so frustrated and when she's having a meltdown and we just can't get through. And it's like we both have a different reaction to it Mm -hmm. and we have to be able to hold space for each other. Like I have to let him process it how he wants to process it, not how I do, and be like, it's fine, Michael, just get over it. No, let him feel how he feels. And also Vivian doesn't need that. Right. You know, because she's, and it's crazy because I think you've had people talk about this on the show, but empaths, like when you're, I think you are. Yeah. For sure. And when you take on someone else's energy, Vivian is an empath, like in her school. And I was telling you this, she's in a classroom of 11 boys and she's the only girl. And that's
0: just because autism is harder to diagnose in girls.
1: Yes, it's much much harder to diagnose in females Mm. because they can. um, Girls make eye contact better. Girls can mask it so much better, and that's been known. And there's a lot of um, women coming out as adults who are coming out saying, "Yeah, I'm autistic, and I masked it my whole life." Wow. And it's it's wild because they've had to conform. To how society wants them yeah. to be, and um, now knowing all the stuff that's coming out, it's like that's not good. That's right. not good to make people like do that. And um, so for Viv, she's in this room full of boys for four and a half hours every day. Yeah, and she comes home and she's just like, oh, she looks like she's been through like ten rounds. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, baby girl. <laughs> you know, but she holds her own. You know, she's like, eh. you know, she's getting, she's like so tough, but she's so girly. Yeah, so absolutely girly and um but yeah and she's you know she's super artistic she has her you know ways of communicating or you know it's it's wild because when I tell people my daughter doesn't speak and it's like it's like when you really think about it how how does she communicate and I don't really people don't really think about how, how do you communicate with your daughter mm-hmm. I have an entire wall of little pictures of either things that you know are just like icons basically like an emoji icon yeah of some sort that she recognizes or an actual photo of like michael or an actual photo of like a dinner plate Mm. um you know her favorite snack her favorite cartoon character and then what she does is she goes and points right that's how she asks for things Mm. and she goes over and she points and we use pictures which will then translate into an basically an ipad which then she can use when she goes out into Mm. public. I'm hoping that we don't have to have that for her life. But if that's the way it is, I'm starting it now. Yeah. Because a lot of kids, they say, don't start them. It's called an AAC pad. They're like, don't start that type of communication because then they're going to rely on it. Well, for me, I want to start that communication because we're not now as frustrated as we were. Yeah. Like, as soon as I started, like, it's literally a wall in my, yeah. <laughs> and as soon as I started that, you know, I started it around Christmas, her frustration level has mm. gone down and down and down, and she's happier, right. because she's like, I'm understood, Yeah, like, I wanted, you know, chickpea puffs instead of veggie straws, and I could tell mommy, right. you know, right. and that's amazing, Yeah, that even just that tiny little thing, or I want to go to the park and swing, Yeah, I don't want to go to the park and run around and have bubbles you know type thing right but again because she can't verbalize any of this i it was a guessing game for a really long time and frustrating for you too oh it's heartbreaking yeah i I mean she still has you know she still has moments where she had one the other day and i just did not know what she wanted and she just started crying and the cry is almost like an infant cry yeah because she's so trapped inside and she can't get it out and it's breaks me down and i've sat in my kitchen and cried more times than i'd like to admit because it's so hard and it's a lonely it can feel really lonely especially when you first get the diagnosis because you just want to find out everything and like what can i do to fix it well you can't fix it but what you can do is you can alleviate you know because there's nothing to fix i shouldn't even say that there's nothing to fix you just have to figure out how to guide your child and how to communicate with them.
0: Right. What are some of the things that since getting the diagnosis that you've experienced with Viv that have kind of brought you the joy in seeing how she's growing up and changing?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, There's like a million things that I feel like it's just – any st- time I get to connect with her on something where, for instance, she did, this is just a really kind of funny example. The other day, she loves games. She loves playing like hide-and-go-seek games and stuff like that. And um, the other day, Michael and I were, you know, we do this thing where we pick her up. One of us picks her up, and then the other one runs up and goes, Vivi sandwich, mm-hmm. and we kiss her on both. So one kisses her on one cheek, and the other kisses her on the other. And he was holding her. And she kept going like this and patting her cheeks. And she's never done that before. And she Mm -hmm. was like looking at him and she was like, and then she like pointed at me and was like, Mm. and then suddenly we were like, "Vivi sandwich. (laughs) And like, and those little tiny things are what keeps us going and keeps us lit up because we're like, oh my God, we now know what she wants. Like in regards to like how that works out. And then, you know, when I hear it, she's at school and the teachers say, no, no, Vivian, they say, no, 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 no. And they do this like finger thing at her and mm-hmm. like, they wiggle their finger. I don't do that at home. I don't do no, no. Like right. I'm not a school teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the other day I was like, hey, can I change your diaper? And she looked at me and goes, no, no. <gasps> and so I'm like, wow, you're taking like things from school and doing them right. at home. And then also she's so stinking smart and She, one of the boys in her class was out for two weeks and then he's back and his nanny came to pick him up two days ago. And Vivian did like a double take and she ran right up to her and gave her a hug. Mm. And there's so many things about autistic people that they say like they're not emotional. That's a lie. They're extremely emotional. Yeah. They're also extremely affectionate. And
0: intelligent. I mean, there's a lot of studies that are like they're more intelligent. They can be savants. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because they, and they're, one of the things that, and this will go into her artwork, but when she was very small, she could sit and color for a really, really long period of time, really long period of time. And um, the, it was like scribbles, you know, whatever. But one of her therapists was like, was saying like, well, that's not, that's not normal that she can sit that long. And I was like, well, why is it bad? She's so happy. Yeah. She loves it. And she was like, kind of made me feel like it was weird that I let her, I don't let her do anything, by the way, (laughs) she just does things, you know, it's like, people say, I let my kids, it's like, no, kids are just kids, they they do stuff on their own. But I was like, why is that bad? Like, so some of the stuff that I was being told, like, oh, that's not that, that's kind of, mm, that's not. You shouldn't, I don't know. I was like, no, this is actually a really good thing. And that's when I started giving her paint. Mm. And then she started painting. And I started realizing, oh, she's really into this. Yeah. And now she paints so much. It's to the point where I don't even, I don't even offer it to her anymore. (laughs) It used to be something I was like, do you want to go paint? And then I would like set up her paint station and all of her paints and do all of that stuff. And now she's old enough now where she's like, there's autonomy with her and that's the other thing too is as she gets older she gets more autonomy and i love that about her because she feels more in command in her space Mm -hmm. you know in the home and at school and she feels more comfortable wherever she is because that's exactly what you want her to feel you know that she has space in this world yeah and she's not reliant on someone for every single thing Mm -hmm. and um so now when she goes and she she will just go over to her paint closet and she'll pull out this like bin of paints and like look at me and bring it over to me. Like, come on, Mama, let's go. <laughs> and I'm like, All right, let's do it, girl. And she'll paint like three or four times a day now. And it's like crazy. And but I let her. I because in my mind it was never a bad thing. Right. I was like, it's not bad that she wants to sit and do our Artistic shit. Shit What? That's great. And one of my other friends whose kiddo is on the spectrum, she was like, I would love if he would sit and color and paint. And I was like, it's just what she's into. If she woke up tomorrow and wasn't into it, fine. She's not into it. But I'm really enjoying this moment because I get to see into her mind. And sometimes she makes just like a mess. And then other times she paints something that's so abstract and cool and fantastic that I'm just like am I crazy or does this like kind of look cool? Are you Picasso? Are you Picasso? (laughs) What are you doing? And Michael even says that he's like, cause I'll send him every day. I'll text him like her artwork. And sometimes he's like, that is wild. Yeah. Because sometimes it matches something that she's been playing with. Sometimes it's something that we've seen. Um, it's It's just really, really fascinating. And like, uh, So I've been really enjoying, you know, just getting to know her more in a way that's not what I expected, not how I expected my daughter to be. But at the same time, we shouldn't have expectations on, you know, people or things. And she's changed. She's changed my life. I mean, being a mother changes your life, but she's changed my life in this way where I I used to, and this is so easy for actors to get into. It's so self. You know, we live in this town where it's all about what you're doing mm-hmm. and all these things. And she could care less. Yeah. She just wants her mommy mm-hmm. and her, like, favorite things. And she just wants time. And, like, it's made me just reevaluate so many things. Yeah, And it's it's been wild, but also... Beautiful, beautiful, yeah, yeah.
0: And talk to me about art by Viv.
1: Art by Viv. So <laughs> yeah, so I, she did this um, one. So was, the story is, we went to the Getty, and which we love to go to the Getty. It's just you know, I'm, I love art. I love, I love just museums, and we go to the Getty quite frequently. And we were there one day, and we were walking on the garden, and it was um, absolutely gorgeous that day, and everything was in bloom tulips were out. Everything was so beautiful. And Vivian's really absorbent. She takes everything in. So we go to the Getty, we come home and she asks to paint. And so I bring out her paints. She picks out the colors. I don't do anything. I, she literally hands me what colors she wants that day. You know, she has two different palettes, one with like 900 colors on it and one mm-hmm. with like six. Mm-hmm. I prefer the six one, <laughs> <Less> <laughs> mess, but whatever. <laughs> and then, um, she sits down and I didn't have any canvases. I just had paint paper. So I put a piece of paint paper down and then she goes over and she paints this picture, this thing. And then she has this, when she's done, she puts her brush down and walks away. And I walk over to it and I was like, wow, that's kind of cool, Viv. And I, I make her feel really proud of everything. So I hang everything up. Mm-hmm. So I put it on the fridge and I didn't think anything about it. And then I was like, I don't know what I was doing, but I was like looking at the fridge and I was like, is that a tulip? did she straight up paint a tulip? Mm -hmm. And I was like, no way. That's so wild. And I kept looking at it more and more. And then I started noticing her artwork. Like I started then really paying attention to what she was painting and she would like paint something. And if it looked like something that could be something, I would like really study it and I would figure out what she was trying to paint. Mm -hmm. And I realized she was painting a tulip. It definitely was a tulip because my child is obsessed with flowers. She's obsessed with them. She smells every rose she sees. Mm. She sees a rose bush, she'll pull them down and smell them. She's obsessed. And um, so I started noticing that she was painting things that we, that were in real life. Yeah. You know, like I take her to the beach quite often and she'd come home and she would paint and the whole paint would be blue water. Right. And again, it's all abstract, she's yeah. three and a half. You know, it's not like, it's like you could tell it's like, but I know what she's trying to convey. She's mm-hmm. conveying her emotions through these paints and it's just really fun to see because she's painted some really cool stuff and most recently I had a birthday and I had these flowers you know from Michael and it was like yellow, purple and you know or yellow, pink and purple or the colors or whatever and some green behind it and she kept taking the vase and moving it from the table to the window, the table to the window for like days. Mm-hmm just kept doing it and then taking them down and smelling them and moving them back and forth and it was just like you know this repetitive behavior and i just let her i was like yeah she just loves the flowers and then she comes up to me brings the paints she points to all the colors she wants i just squirt them i don't even think anything about it and this was like at 7:30 at night mm-hmm. she goes to bed you know it's like she's gonna go to bed really soon but i was like okay you feel like painting please don't get dirty like <laughs> i just gave you a bath <laughs> and she puts it down, walks away, and then we go to bed. And I come out and I look at it. And she has painted this bouquet. It seriously lo- it's, it and it, it was the same, exactly the same, you know, arrangement. And I was like, no way. <laughs> and I look at Michael and I'm like, did she really just paint this? And he's like, I don't know, man. And I was like, there like, but again, we've, seen it so many times yeah so i started her website it's called art by viv and on it you can read about her a bit more and then um i have a gallery of all her artwork (laughs) like you can see it Mm -hmm. and again like i say if she doesn't want to do this anymore you know she wakes up at four and she's like i'm done painting mom fine okay we're done painting but right now it's just really really cool to see and then i'm such a proud mom that i put it on a hat like her tulip painting which I called the lone tulip I put it on a hat and I put it on a t-shirt and I like just randomly posted it on Instagram because I'm that mom I'm so proud I'm like yeah. you guys like my t-shirt Vivian painted this <laughs> I love it I framed it and I have it on a hat <laughs> I got like 50 messages I love it and it's not like I'm not an influencer I'm a mom like 50 messages for me is co- like I open it up and I'm like well and legit it was like 50 people yeah. Where can I get an art by Viv merch? Mm. And I was like, what? And I was like, um, I mean, I guess I could do something with that. I don't know. I I kind of just made it for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I said. I was like, I kind of just made it for me. But okay. And then my sister called me and was like, I have to have a T-shirt, like immediately. Yeah. So I sent my sister a T-shirt, and she lives in Colorado, and she does like lunch duty at her daughter's school. And all the teachers and moms were like, what is that? Stop. And Alexis was like, my niece, three and a half. She's autistic. She paints. And then my niece, who's six, was like, I want an art by Viv. And then my niece was like, mom, I want to start painting. And then my my sister, who's like a clean freak, was like, it's really Vivian's thing. (laughs) (laughs) Because she knows how messy it is. Because my walls are covered. Like, like, the floor is, like, annihilated in paint. (laughs) And... um." So, anyway, so uh, started Art by Viv, and um, you know, each sale, fifteen percent of each sale goes to a nonprofit autism organization of my choice. That's amazing. Right now, um, it's helping families in Ukraine who have autistic kiddos. That mm. because I can't imagine right the pain that they're going through. Recently, I couldn't find Vivian's favorite cereal bar. Yeah, and she eats two of them a day. Yeah, and she only eat certain foods. And I, I was freaking out. Yeah. I had people from all over the U S sending them to me because they could find them wow. for me. I can't imagine being in another country, being taken away from your home with your child who has so many Needs. things that they need yeah. and not being able to get them for them yeah. and not being able to help them. So yeah. that's what it is right now. And, um, so it's amazing. So where yeah. can people get it? Art by Artbyviv.com.
0: <laughs> yeah. I freaking love yeah, it. Yeah. Ashlyn, I can't thank you enough for coming on and being so open about your journey. Um, if you could tell moms that are listening um, or anyone that's listening who has someone autistic in their life, what, what advice would you give?
1: If you're a new mom and your child gets an autism diagnosis, the first thing is let yourself feel all the feelings. Mm -hmm. And I think you were one of the first people to text me when I announced it. And um, you are so good at holding space for people. Mm -hmm. And the text message you sent said something like, I don't know what you're going through right now, but I just want to tell you whatever you're feeling, you're allowed to feel. And that meant so much to me because it's... You don't want to come across like, woe is me, you know, type thing, but you just want to be able to be truthful and honest and share like what's going on in your life and yeah. you know how things have changed. But if you, as a mom, like know that it's going to be hard, hundred percent. Motherhood is hard. Yeah. Raising any child is hard. It's going to be more challenging. And remember, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. I've been potty training, trying to potty train my child for over a year. Over a year. And I'm nowhere close to being, you know, where I want to be, but that's okay. And it's one day at a time. Mm. Less is more. Yeah. You're going to get told, you're going to get packets from people that say your child can't do so many things. Throw it out the window. Mm. It's bullshit. Yeah. Because your child is perfect and they can do so many things. Never limit them because we live in a society that tries to limit people and what they can do and we have to break that. And those are my biggest takeaways is and advocate for your child. Yeah. If you feel like your child is showing signs of autism, get them into stuff early. But again, less is more. They don't need to be in a ton of different therapies. They probably need maybe just to get outside more. Right. That's also a therapy in itself. You know your child better than anybody else don't let people bully you or make you feel like you have to do things that you maybe you don't feel comfortable with or you're like, ah, "I'm not really aligned with that." Advocate. Trust your gut and just learn that it's not a disease. It's just how they are. Yeah. There's nothing you need to fix. It's beautiful. Embrace it and um also remember to take time for yourself and your spouse. Yeah. You have to do that in any even just anything you have dogs yeah anything you're taking care of any sort of thing in your life it can come between you and your relationship with yourself yeah and how you take care of yourself and how you take care of your partner and how you guys take care of each other you have to do your self-love cocktail you have to do all of those things because if you don't you're not going to be a good mom yeah You're not, and you're not going to show up for the kid, your kid, the way that they need to. I'm so much better. If I can take 15 minutes and I have no shame in doing this, if I need to meditate and I haven't Mm -hmm. meditated that day, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is going on, babe. I'm going in the bedroom. I'm taking some mommy time because I'm going to be such a better mom the rest of the
0: day. Oh my God. I'm so happy to hear you say that because I say that all the time. And I think sometimes people brush it off because I'm not a mom. Um, no, so I'm so happy to hear you say that. Oh my god,
1: but you are a mom, you have two gigantic dogs, right? Three, <laughs> two oh, that I'm are sorry. big, three, three. And so it's like, and you run your own business, like, you have this is this is huge, you know, you have so much going on, and anything in life, anything can can come in and overwhelm and suddenly you stop taking care of yourself or you're like oh I'll just do that later I'll just you know I don't need to work out today yeah you do yeah actually maybe you do right oh your eating goes out the window or you're not eating as healthy as you should be and you're not getting outside and getting I'm a big believer in light therapy and just getting outside in yes. light and just anything you need to do for that you find that like lights up your soul and feels good Remember to keep doing those things. Yeah. Even if it's just like 10, 15 minutes, little snippets that you can find throughout the day, do it. And Michael and I are such big believers in that because it's also your mental health. Mm-hmm. It affects other people. Yeah, big
0: fucking time. So
1: big. And yeah. if we're not taking care of our mental health and I'm not in a good mental state, whew. Yeah. I have a short fuse. Everyone else is suffering. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I have a short fuse with a daughter who's frustrated and yeah. a daughter who doesn't understand. So if I have a short fuse with her, which trust me, I have. Like I've lost my cool on her more times than I would like to admit because it's frustrating. Yeah. And um, but like the other day, I, I, I have to drink magnesium every day. Mm-hmm. I just have to. I have to drink some magnesium. It just calms so nice like a cbd <laughs> whoo it feels good <laughs> and um i realized i'd gone hiking with my girlfriend earlier in the morning that was at school and i was like rushing around doing a bunch of stuff and i picked her up and i realized i hadn't had my magnesium and she was she started screaming about something and i was like <gasps> and i could feel the rise mm-hmm. come up of my like what are you screaming about mm-hmm. and then i was like check yourself hold on wait a second and i was like Mommy needs a little bit of mommy time. So we went home, made sure she was all set up and okay, got some magnesium, drank my magnesium, and like did like a quick five minute like reset. Mm -hmm. Came out, was like, Hi, I'm great. Let's go the rest of the day. Yeah. I had to reset. Yeah. Because I'm not gonna if I don't do that, it's not gonna be good for her.
0: And that's so important in any situation you're dealing with. Any situation. Yeah.
1: Any time in life. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's so important to do that because otherwise it's just, yeah, we've said it. It's, you're going to, everyone's going to suffer. And yeah. yeah.
0: So can you tell us where people can find you on social media if they want to follow your journey?
1: If you want to find me, I'm on Instagram, Ashlyn underscore Yenny. And artbyviv.com. And artbyviv.com. Yay. Thank you for being here. I so appreciate it. And I love you. I love you. Thank you for having me. I want to thank Ashlyn
0: so much for coming on and being so open and honest about this incredible journey she's been on with her beautiful daughter Viv. If you guys aren't watching on YouTube, I am holding up one of her hats from the Art by Viv website. Um, I encourage all of you to go check it out and grab one. It's... (laughs) It's actually really cute and beautiful um but i love that they are giving a portion of the proceeds to families with kids that have been diagnosed with autism that are in need so please go check out art by viv as always make sure you guys are subscribed so you never miss an episode keep up with us on instagram at fml talk podcast if you need more fml content You can get all five of the mini bonus episodes and access to the private self-love Facebook group at patreon.com slash FML Talk. And as always, have a self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of
1: collaboration that amplifies others as a woman.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.